It's OLWJ Captivation, unlimited enthusiasm toward the future. The podcast introducing you to boundless superstars and other professional individuals who are capable of providing you information on achieving maximum success. Segments and episodes of the podcast will be devoted to financial wellness, for everyone deserves a shot at broadening their financial horizon. I am the host, Otis Lewis Wilson Jr. Welcome. First, you know what I must do? Offer special thanks to you, the audience and special guests who have made this podcast possible. To you, I say thank you, and I encourage you to tell others so that they will check it out as well. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Emir Harton. He knows what it's like to be lost in the struggle, but to do all that he can to achieve maximum success and also what it takes to become boundless. He has established his own watch business called Eartha Watches. Have you heard of Eartha Watches before? Well, this is your chance to check it out, my friends. Without further ado, here is a recorded interview with Emir Horton right here on OLWJ Captivation, the podcast in which the letters in the title represent my name. Hi, Emir. Welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here on the podcast, and we want to get started by you telling the audience just a little bit about yourself. Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, my name is Emir Wharton, uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, but currently live in Los Angeles. Um, I am the oldest boy of nine siblings. I have two younger brothers and seven sisters. Um, majority of my siblings are from my dad, <laughs> my, my mom's oldest boy, only boy, oldest and only boy. Um, I am a man of faith, haven't always walked as a man of faith, but I am, especially for the past uh, four years, which I became more intentional with my relationship with God. I, I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know who he was necessarily up until I moved to L.A. and mm -hmm. The God was the only thing that I had, really, when I moved here. Um, and so faith is a huge part of my foundation and my everyday walk um, in life. I am also an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner of Earth of Watches. And I also work in the entertainment industry as a television producer. So that's just a little bit of who I am. That is awesome. Well, there is nothing at all wrong with having that faith in God, for he is the almighty and powerful. Yes, Entrepreneurship. How did you get into the arena of becoming an entrepreneur? What started it for so, you? So uh, after launching Eartha, I actually realized that I, I had the entrepreneurial bug in me since I was like a teenager. Well, actually before teenage years, but didn't realize it was, you know, an entrepreneur. <laughs> so um, back in like middle school, I used to sell CDs for uh, for my friends where this was back when like LimeWire was very popular and mm -hmm. my friends would, you know, give me a list of songs that they want burned on a CD and I would go home and make them on this CD. And then from selling them at school in the lunchroom turned in 
to my stepdad selling my CDs in his pharmacy. <laughs> so his, uh, <laughs> yeah, his, his co-workers <laughs> would uh-huh, give, uh-huh. give yes. him a list of, of different songs that they want on a CD. He would bring them to me, and then I would give them the CD. Some days I would go to the pharmacy myself to, to you know, give them their, their CD and then made money off of that too. So I always had the entrepreneurial bug in me, but didn't know that that's what it was. Right. And it wasn't until I moved to um, to L.A., like at the very beginning stages of my entertainment career, um, where I succumbed to a form of homelessness, um, was bouncing from house to house, uh, had to sleep in my friend's living room for a couple of days. And I realized, like, I can no longer depend on the entertainment industry to support me uh, financially at the time because I had a job in the industry, but it was so low paying that it wasn't enough money to save really wasn't enough money to find um like an apartment with a roommate and i realized i'm like yo i can't depend on entertainment i can't depend on hollywood to support me financially i need to think of another way to support myself out here mm-hmm. and um started thinking about all the things i was interested in um passionate about and that's when watches came to mind which has always been something i was interested in since a teenager um, was watches and so that's how we got here with <laughs> launching my own company has been almost two years now. Awesome. Awesome. Let's go back to the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I think that it's something many people don't understand. Why do you suppose that people don't understand the fact that everybody can't get rich in the entertainment industry or can't get rich quick in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with perspective. And um, I think oftentimes we look at celebrities or these, you know, these moguls in the media and we think it was an overnight success. And it's not it's not that, you know, especially for African-Americans who are in show business. A lot of us had to bootstrap our way up. We didn't have resources. We didn't have relationships. And so people think oh they just popped up overnight not knowing that they've been at this thing for years like i knew i wanted to work in this business since i was 14 that was over 10 years ago mm-hmm. and you know i'm not no big celebrity or anything like that uh but people think that oh you just pop up to la or pop up to new york or atlanta and it's just supposed to happen for you and that's not the case right. and so i because of that that's where you know people quit and they think because this is a money game, and yes, it's a billion-dollar industry, but you do have to, quote-unquote, pay your dues, in a sense, if you want to make it. And that's why I always tell people, if you in this business for the money, you might as well stop because you're not going to make that money right away when you get here. And that's just the reality of it. Makes perfect sense to me. Your love for watches. How did that all begin? Uh, love for watches started back when my mom she purchased me a watch i want to say it was a fossil watch and she said two things that a man should always have is a wallet and a watch and so you know ever since then i always was into watches because it you know it boosted my ego a little bit and you know i like the way they look i was into like big face watches particularly like g-shocks were my thing back in the day I loved a watch that was bigger than my wrist. <laughs> it was, you know, a little loose on my wrist, but that's okay. It's, it's for me. And so ever since then, I've always been into watches. And because of my background in, in 
um, in the entertainment industry, I used to want to actually partner with a high-end luxury brand and create like a personal collection for that brand once I do become, you know, a, a household name in the business. And, you know, I said, instead of doing that, let me go ahead and create my own brand and build it to where it's in that same status of becoming a market leader like these other brands who I used to uh, dream to partner with one day. And so, you know, I've always had the idea of having my own watch collection, but it wasn't, it was rooted somewhere else. It wasn't really rooted in me actually building a company in the way that I wanted to go. And what gave you that path of deciding that you wanted to be the one to do it? It was, a, it was a few things. It, it was that, that LA struggle of pursuing my dreams in the business and wasn't getting supported financially enough. So it was that, that was the number one inspiration. And then second was the fact that these brands that I wanted to partner with one day don't even represent who I am or the community that I come from. And, you know, I'm very intentional with uh, service being one of the, the key pillars and the foundation of the Earth to Watch brand because, you know, there we black people, we have a trillion dollar buying power and we put all our money into these businesses who don't really care about us. And so that that was my thing. It's like, why support or, or why allow another company to capitalize off of my innovation and my creativity and my vision for a dollar and they don't even represent people who look like me and so right. it was really those two main things mm -hmm. and we talk about getting the company off the ground having an idea let's start with the name where did mm -hmm. that name come from Eartha Watches Eartha is my grandmother my grandmother's name uh, she's still alive and well. She has her Eartha watch too. And um, when I was thinking about, you know, what I really wanted this brand to stand for, I knew I wanted to represent uh, legacy and I wanted to represent strength. And when I started thinking of names, Eartha was the first name that came to my mind. And my grandmother, she's a praying grandmother. Um, she often spends time doing what matters most to her, which could be a plethora of different things. And most importantly is is showing up for those who she care about and so it was those qualities in my grandmother that i instilled in the foundation of this brand and what i wanted to represent long term that is beautiful when you, you were putting everything together what did you find to be the most difficult part of getting eartha watches off the ground it was most definitely funding um, and then it, it was experience really too, because I went to school, graduated from Delaware State University. I have a mass communications degree and I took one intro to business uh, course as an elective and they didn't teach me nearly half of the stuff that I had to learn with running a company through trial and error. Mm -hmm. And so when I first decided I wanted to launch a watch company, I was on YouTube uh, trying to figure out how to build a watch because mm -hmm. I had no idea about manufacturers or anything. <laughs> so I was literally researching what it takes to build a watch because that's how determined I was. And so um, that that was one thing, you know, having to learn what it's like to really have a brand 
a sustainable brand because I'm like, I want this thing to last for a long time. So what is that I need to do to, um, you know, acquire those skills and that mentality? So that that was one thing. And then the funding piece It's like, OK, well, this is how much money I need from my first collection. But not even just a collection. I need money for, you know, my website. I need money for marketing and things like that. And so those were the two uh, most challenging things. And then, of course, I learned that other they're all just about all black owned businesses have the same problem when it comes to funding right. and finance and trying to grow. And so, um, you know, I just did my research and try not to reinvent the wheel and do what I can to just grow as a business owner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you talk about financing being a big piece of the puzzle, there's also the rejection piece that goes along with it. When you were building your company, did you find yourself working alone all of the time? Or was there anyone who said, hey, I'll help you do the research to get things started? Or did you find yourself having to do it all by yourself all of the time? Yeah, all of myself all of the time <laughs> and you know it, it was because of that um i like not nobody in my family well now they are mm-hmm. uh but at the time when i first launched a brand nobody in my family or close to me were entrepreneurs mm-hmm. so you know they they didn't know what it was like to build a brand let alone a watch brand and so uh it, it really took a lot of researching and just uh, prayer and my faith and just trying to figure this thing out because I didn't have those, you know, those accountability partners other than my, uh, my friend and known to be mentor to me, uh, Jay Jones. Right. Um, but you know, I would, I would go to him and ask him a lot of questions about, you know, what is it that I need to do and how do I form an LLC and, you know, things like that. And, um, and, you know, watching certain TV shows and, there was one particular show, uh, I can't remember the name of it. I want to say it was Undercover Boss or something. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to start a business, a million-dollar business, within like three months or so. And he turned to the SBA, Small Business Administration. And I was watching that. I'm like, hmm, they seem to be popular. Let me see if they have a LA location. And sure enough, they did. And so, you know, I tapped into them to help me, you know, do what I needed to do. And they were very useful. And but. Prior to that, no, it was me. It, for the most part, it still is a lot of me. Nobody's going to put in as much effort as I am for the brand. Uh, but in those very beginning months, yeah, it, it was all me. And holding lots of informational calls with people <laughs> in different areas that I mm-hmm. needed to grow in. Mm-hmm. You know? And here's why I ask you that question. Because this podcast, as I mentioned to you, is built on people who had to overcome obstacles to achieve that success. And when you are working hard, there are, you know, the naysayers, the people who doubt you and, you know, don't see you making it. In addition to your faith in God, what other things kept you going when you felt doubtful or you felt like you couldn't make it? What else kept you going during that time? Uh, There's two things. One, I had a vision. I had a vision and it's like every day I wake up is another opportunity to get close to that ideal vision. And so when I think about the days where I am doubtful and want to give up because it happens, I think about how far I've come and I'm like, 
I didn't came way too far now to to stop, you know. So it's like just keep going. So that that was one. Just knowing that I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be neither. And secondly, um, I, I do see the influence and the impact that I do have uh, on people's lives. Like as I mentioned earlier, prior to launching a company, I didn't have many entrepreneurs in my family, but now. My sister is starting a business. My mom starts has a business now. And so I'm seeing the influence that it actually has on my family. And I get direct messages on social media from people all the time from around the world saying how much of an inspiration my story is and the things that I'm doing and, you know, that, that drive and that motivation that I give to people. And But, you know, it's a, it's a lot deeper than that. When it starts hitting my bloodline, I'm like, yeah, I gotta keep, I gotta keep going at this because that's what, that's the ultimate goal here, is to birth something new in my bloodline, whether it's spiritually, financially, emotionally. That that's the that's my mission in life. Right. And so you know that that's what keeps me going every single day. Right, makes perfect sense to me. The watches themselves. Let's talk about the style and the elegance of the watches. What can someone anticipate? Well, you can you can anticipate a sleek design, a minimal design, and of course a quality product. Um, the design itself was very intentional. I designed it myself, um, down from the dial color down to the name of the product. So, our premier collection is uh, Persevere, the Earth of Persevere for for men. And then our women's watch is resilience. And with our resilient watch particularly, what makes it so unique is that it's a marble, it's like a marble dial. The dial is like the face of the watch. And when I was designing it, I was thinking about uh, oftentimes how we're on our journey trying to accomplish something, what those struggles are that sometimes cracks us a little bit and then we have to do the work to get back to that masterpiece that we always saw ourselves. And so that's what that marble represents. And that's, and that's why I named it resilience and it's uh, a rose gold watch. And with our, our men's watch with that color, the intentionality, it was, um, I'm like, I want something black and oftentimes black represents like dark or darkness or, you know, uh, like bad or something like that. And mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, I want to flip the script a little bit. With this design, I'm going to make it black, but I want to add a pop of gold in it because gold also represents uh, triumph and, you know, success and things like that. So I added a touch of black, um, a touch of gold. And then um, the other color for the same style is all black with a gray face. And I said, okay, well, although we may have like dark moments in time, at the end of the day, we're going to come out of it. And when we come out of it, it's going to be everything that we hoped for and, and you know, aspired for us to have and secure. And so that's where, um, that's what people can expect, you know, is, is not just a product that I just slapped a, label, a logo on and kept moving forward. Like there's a lot of intentionality in what the design represents and what the, the product represents itself. And it would for sure add a touch of luxury to whatever you're wearing. Awesome. If you had to use three words that sets Eartha watches apart from any competition, what would those three words be? 
three words. Hmm. I would definitely say authentic. Authenticity for sure. Uh, I would say service. And I would say quality. because <laughs> I, And I say that for one, authenticity, because our, our slogan is connecting time to the mission. That's mm-hmm. our tagline. That's yes. what we stand for. Right. And when when I realized that I can no longer depend on the entertainment industry to support me, which is, you know, has been my number one dream in life, I say, you know, I need to be more strategic and maximizing my time. And as a result of me not being strategic and maximizing my time, it resulted in me being homeless, essentially. So that's where that authenticity part comes from because I don't want nobody to get to have the idea that Eartha is a, a overnight success because mm-hmm. it, it's not. And we make it very clear in our voice and in our messaging and the way that we represent ourselves as a brand. Uh, quality, I would say, you know, my pro- I believe my product is the best uh, product out there. <laughs> it's in, mm-hmm. you know, period. And I've been told that you know, some people say they haven't even wore their watch yet because they haven't gone to an event that would require them to wear the watch because you when you throw on an earth the watch, you have to look like like money. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, it is definitely quality and service. Um, again, that 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 whole piece of like being able to pull our resources back into the community that supports this brand is very, very important to me. And it's something that I don't see other watch companies doing enough. And, you know, philanthropy and making sure that we are servicing those who are underserved is is very imperative. That's well said, well said. For anyone who might be looking for a great watch, you've given us some good information. At this point in time, how can they purchase an Eartha watch? You can purchase by visiting us our website at EarthaWatches.com, E-A-R-T-H-A, uh, watches.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at EarthaWatch. There's a feature where you can purchase directly from Instagram um, if you would like. But yeah, those are our two um, sales channels at the moment. Fantastic, fantastic. You know, I'll tell you, when you have individuals who are working hard to achieve success, and as we've talked about, there are so many of us who give up. What would you say to someone who might be on the verge of giving up? Hmm. Um, I would first say I, I would validate the feeling because it is real. Um, I've been there. I still have moments where where I've been there and just trying to understand what in the world is going on. So I would first say that um, it's normal to have the feeling and experience it actually. Uh, Embrace that feeling. Be familiar with what what it feels like to want to give up. Because once you become familiar with it, you begin to start to think like, how can I, I can pull myself out of it because I've been here before. I know what this feeling feels like and I didn't give up actually. So because I didn't give up in the past, I'm not going to give up now because I know 
what I'm capable of the last time that I felt like giving up. So that's one thing I would say. And then to accompany that thought, uh, just hold on to your vision and your why. Like you, you have to have a why in everything that you do. And the why means means something to you. It don't everybody else don't have to understand your why. But as long as you understand the reason as to why you're doing what you're doing or pursuing what you're pursuing, that is what's gonna hold you up every day. You know, like I said, my why is knowing that I have impact and an influence and an inspiration on people's lives, particularly in my bloodline. And I don't want to be the reason why someone else doesn't tap into their full identity and potential because I didn't continue to carry on the mandate on my life. And so, you know, think of, keep holding on to your why, your vision, and embrace that feeling of, of wanting to give up because you're, the, 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 more you, the more you practice that feeling, the more it will make sense and the more tools you'll have to in your toolbox to pull yourself out of it. And one more final question before we wrap up. I ask all of my guests this question. What would be your definition of the word boundless? Boundless. Hmm. When I think of boundless, it sound it, it it to me it means limitless. Like there there is no there there's no limit to where I can go. Like there, there there's nowhere uh, there's there's nothing that I can't accomplish if I really set my mind to it. Um, I do not believe that the sky is the limit. You know, they always say the sky is the limit. I think we can go much further than the sky. <laughs> you know, so um, that that would be my definition of boundless. It's like whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. And there's there's no boundaries or limitations to what it is that you want to accomplish. I like that. I like that. Is there anything that I have missed that you want to share with the audience at this point in time? The floor is open or the microphones are open. Uh, no, I think you touched on, on everything. Um, if, you, if you guys want to follow me personally, my username is at Emir Horton, E-M-I-R-H-O-R-T-O-N. Uh, and yeah, that, that, that was all. I appreciate this opportunity, man. I really do. Well, it has been a pleasure to talk with you. I, I really wish you much success in the future to come. And we want to support what uh, Emir is doing. And uh, I will definitely have to uh, look into one of these watches myself. And, of course, give my support to you. And I Appreciate wish you all the best going forward. And let's keep in touch, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome interview with Emir Harton, owner of Eartha Watches. Check them out. Check them out. If you would like to learn more about what I do, please visit www.olwjboundless.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast mailing list. Join me. On Instagram at O underscore Wilson underscore Jr. Follow me on Twitter at O underscore Wilson underscore Jr. And of course, if you know someone that's boundless, I would encourage you to contact me via the website as well. Any comments, feedback, 
or suggestions regarding this podcast is welcome. For a motivational speaker, Les Brown once said, It's okay to fail because if you land on your back, you can look up and then get up. Until next time, take care.